0: Comics, movies, music, video games,
1: technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
2: The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. This is the PKD Black Box. Welcome back to the PKD Black Box. I'm your host, Sean Pryor. This week's episode goes like this. Um, a while ago, Donnie and I recorded a couple of sessions together, and what you're about to hear is a combination of those sessions put together into one gumbo stew of an episode. Donnie reviews some comics. I give her a movie review. Donnie has a dedication to actor Ron Glass from Barney Miller and Firefly and Serenity. Please don't ask me why. You just have to listen. Um, <laughs> there's a little bit of Big Daddy Kane talk. There's ran- additional random comics talk. Tangents plenty. You know how we do on the PKD Black Box. So enjoy this pop culture gumbo stew you're about to listen to. And be on the lookout for the next PKD Black Box, either on May 1st or May 2nd, as myself, Donnie Salvo, and Carol Chronicles host John Carroll discuss our favorite Avengers comic book storylines, because you know, it goes in conjunction with the release of the upcoming Avengers movie. So dig on that. Next week, be on the lookout for C- Carol Chronicles episode 23. And besides that, have a fantastic week, and I will see you again very soon. Peace.
0: I did. I read a lot. I actually got caught up on my reading, so I was able to hit the uh, eight bajillion um, uh, graphic novels and trades that I have all right. laying around. Oh. So I, I read, you know, we can't possibly get to them uh, all, but I read, let's see. I'm turning my head from the microphone to get my stack of books. Do you hear all that? Yes. To hear that? Yes. Maybe that's my phone falling. That's all my <laughs> shit falling.
2: That's what, right. that's what happens when you have a mountain full of books.
0: I read, and I wish I could say I put a, a dent into this thing, but um, I read American Vampire Volume 3, Secret Society of Supervillains Volume 1.
2: Oh, you got to talk about that. You got to talk about that one.
0: Okay. All okay. right. I'll put that to the side. I read uh, Northlander's Volume 5. Okay. Jonah Hex, No Way Back. I'm talking about that. I don't care.
2: Yeah, no, I want you to talk about that one. I want you to. Uh, yeah,
0: Jew Gangster by Joe Kubert. You need to talk about that one too. Okay. Um, I read two of the original Marvel graphic novels. One of them was Fair Itself, starring Spider-Man. Um, not the Fair Itself that just came out. This is from like '91 or something. All right. And it's written by. Um, Jerry Conway plotted it, and the scripters were Jerry Conway and Stan Lee. Oh, oh I'm sure that's got some classic uh, Marvel moments that make it. Sucked made you out loud, out. dude. Oh sucked out loud. What? Oh, it was terrible. Oh. Terrible. Uh let's see, what do we got here? Oh, I read Emperor Doom. You gotta that talk about good. that
2: one. You gotta talk about that one. You gotta do that.
0: Okay. And uh New Teen Titans. Games, games, games.
2: Oh, you gotta talk about that one too because I don't have a copy of that yet, so I have to live vicariously through you.
0: Somebody gonna some gonna prove me wrong.
2: <laughs> please don't start singing the new kid song, please.
0: No fun, man.
2: I don't know what I'm doing with you, man, because like <laughs> because every time every time we bring up that graphic novel, you start singing. It's, I don't, I'm not even gonna say the word because once I say that word, it's just gonna games, come out.
0: Games, games. <laughs>
2: I can't deal with you right now. <laughs> I can't deal with you. But no, go ahead. Go ahead. Whatever one you want to talk about first, sir, please. Go ahead.
0: Donnie Wahlberg rapped in that song.
2: I know he did. I know. I saw the video.
0: Donnie Wahlberg. I saw the video. I know.
2: Okay. I saw it. And I thought. From Blue, I, from blue Bloods. <laughs> he was the Bobby Brown of New Kids on the Block. He was the one that always got in trouble and was setting hotel rooms on fire. Tangents. Yes. Tangents plenty. But never mind. Go ahead. Talk about your first book.
0: Okay. All right. X out of Angry Birds. Sorry, Sean. It's an addiction.
2: You know what, man? Let me tell you something about this Angry Birds shit, okay? Let let me tell you something. Okay. When I first got my iPad, I said, you know what? I'm going to get this Angry Birds everybody's talking about. Sure, it's been out for like a decade. But I'm going to finally get it because, you know, it's free. And if you want more levels, after you beat X amount of levels, you got to pay for it. So I was like, yeah, I'll get it. I'll play it. Oh, okay. Knock the pigs over. Oh, this doesn't seem too difficult. What the fuck? Let me try this again. Oh, hell no. Let me try this again. Then three days later, I ain't shaved. Went to work. You know, people don't put out missing reports on me. And I'm and I'm hooked on this game. I had a, and like I I finally beat it. You know, I finally defeated the game. And they're like, well, you defeated all the levels. You know, if you buy it, now you can get all these additional levels. It's like, no, fuck that. I've I, I've beaten the challenge. I'm not going back. That shit is like crack, dude. I had to walk away. And there's another game. If you have like an iPhone or an iPad called Temple Run, once you start playing, it combines like Indiana Jones and Pac-Man. And once what? you st- once you start playing it, it, you will never stop playing it. It's called Temple Run. It's on the it's it's on um, like I said, it's just on iOS devices, like so iPad or iPhone. That's the only way you can get it. I don't know if they make it for for Droid phones. So, uh, but yeah,
0: dude. Well, they had, they got the they got the Angry Birds on the Facebook now.
2: See, no, 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 no. That that's that's as that is about as bad as like Bejeweled or Farmville or. do, do is anybody still play Mafia Wars?
0: I never did.
2: I mean, I still get requests from I still get requests for Mafia Wars, and I ain't played that shit since two thousand eight.
0: I found it racist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a first on the PKD Black Box podcast. I was not the one that said that I found something racist. Donnie Salvo said it, not I.
0: Ha! <laughs> so, why does uh, it got to be a game? A, a game about mafias and it's all Italian people in it.
2: Hey man, I don't know what to tell you. You, but you know they also got that Godfather game out now too.
0: You ain't never heard of the Yakuza? Hey. Hey,
2: they probably got a game, too, man. You never know.
0: <laughs> it's bigger over there.
2: Yeah, you, right. you never know. They might have Yaku- y- Yakuza Wars on Facebook. You don't know. I mean, you, you never, ever know. Which book did you say he was going to talk about first again? Because I forgot already.
0: We'll talk about games.
2: Okay, cool. Hit it.
0: This is the graphic novel that was like 20 or 30 years in the making from Marvel, Wolf, and George Perez. The Titans in it are Nightwing, Raven, Cyborg, uh, Changeling, who is Beast Boy, Jericho, Starfire, Donna Troy, who's Troya. Troya. <laughs> <Troia>. And <clears throat> Danny Chase.
2: Now, can you tell the people why you hate Danny Chase so much?
0: Because he's a waste. He's stupid. I hate Danny Chase. I always did. Even when I was a kid, I was like, he's dumb. Uh, I don't want to give a, a lot away. I'll give a brief synopsis. Okay. There's a dude going around blowing up stuff and agent Faraday uh rec- um he gets the Titans involved um and this guy who is called the games master I believe people are yeah the games master he's putting up all this you know like he's taunting agent Faraday and he's like you got to do this or be here it's kind of like um Do you remember um, uh, Die Hard Three? Yes. He kept sending them around, and and you got to do stuff, or if you didn't, shit would blow up. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, kind of like that. But he also got he got himself like a team of like crazy super villain type people, you know, because you have to to fight the Titans. You can't just have like a terrorist dude. Mm -hmm. Then it started going after all the Titans' loved ones, so they had to get all their families and stuff out of the way. And the one thing that this thing did, this book did, and I was pissed, was they killed um they killed what's her name? Uh Sarah. Cyborg's girlfriend.
2: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: That was horrible.
2: Mm. You know Cyborg can't have can't have no happiness.
0: That's She like- got all them handicapped prosthetic kids off the bus and then it blew up. Oh,
2: you, you know cyborg can cannot have a life DC, like anybody who writes for cyborg I think it's like in, in their contract that they either have to destroy cyborg blow up cyborg rebuild cyborg kill his girlfriend take somebody from his family or like it, it's I think it's a mandatory clause I really do I, I really truly do no matter how minuscule or how large he gets gaffled
0: it, it's an okay story
2: how's the artwork I
0: mean, oh it's gorgeous the artwork is gorgeous. I ain't going to lie. There's a quote-unquote twist ending that you could kind of see from a mile away.
2: Mm. Now, is and this it, is this just going to be like a one-shot thing? Will there ever yeah, be a sequel? Yeah, this,
0: okay. this is it. And, um, yeah, it took them like 20 or 30 years just to make this one. I don't <laughs> even know if I'll be alive to see the next one, if that's the way they're going. <laughs> well, by
2: the time that happens, they'll just, like, inject it into your brain.
0: <laughs> and uh, Danny Chase dies but not in this book he died in the titans issue. Um but in this book he loses his legs. What? I'm not lying. Wait a
2: minute, but like when they killed him like later in the Titans series, did he have his legs? Yep. So I okay, so did this take place after the after his run on the Titans or
0: uh-uh. No, because okay. he was a member of the team when he died.
2: Oh, okay, I got you. Okay, that's
0: but he gets prosthetic legs.
2: Oh, okay.
0: At the cyborg, cyborg's girlfriend's, uh, um, uh, prosthetic center <laughs> that they raised up at the end.
2: The prosthetic house of bugging. <laughs> <laughs> you you couldn't think of a name. I was trying to help you. I was trying to help you. John Leguizamo need work.
0: Here, let me see. I'll, I'll look for the name because there's like and then he gives a big speech about how brave Sarah was and how brave all the kids are and stuff which is nice That's nice yeah but they, they actually have a, a foreword by Marv Wolfman and an afterward by George Perez um, spoiler alert um, Titans Tower gets destroyed and all the Titans show up to to fix it
2: would the Speedy show up and be a dick
0: no he was actually cool Him and Lilith were cool. And uh, he did show, they showed for like three-pant Aqualad and uh, Flash even showed up.
2: Did somebody fill up I'm sorry, he
0: didn't lose his legs. He lost his hands. Oh, okay. My bad. The Sarah Sims Physical Rehabilitation Center.
2: The SSPR? (laughs) The SSPRC? Yep. The SSPRC. That sounds like some hardcore shit right there.
0: And all the and all the titans show up and they're in the. And remember, remember Wonder Girls' husband Teddy.
2: Wait a minute. Which one was Teddy? Was Teddy with the, with like the redhead with the red beard?
0: Yep, he's in and He's all clapping and shit. Everybody's happy.
2: Yeah, you better keep clapping because he ain't gonna be alive for too much longer. That's <laughs> right. Hey, Morris Kid, <laughs> or Donna Troy for that matter.
0: That's true. So they did. They um. Then they have the original plot of the nineteen eighty eight game in the background. <clears throat> by uh, you know it, it's a plot slash pitch um, by Marv Wolfman and George Perez for editor Barbara Randall and they have the whole thing in the back wow and that's kind of cool
2: and as far as the size of, of the OGN was it like a standard like a hardcover or was it like a, was it shaped differently
0: or it's oversized a bit nice <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: that puts an emphasis on the on the Perez art
0: I think that's what the selling point was for this book. I mean, I'm a Titans fan. We all know that. And I'm a Perez fan. So, I mean, it was a no-brainer for me. And I think, like, on DCBS, when it was solicited, it was like, I don't know, the original price was $25. And mm-hmm. I think DCBS had it for, like, eleven fifty or something.
2: Yeah, I'm salty that I did not have the opportunity to pre-order that at the time. There were a lot of bitter feelings in my heart
0: i mean it's if you're titans fan you'll get a lot more out of it i you know especially an old school titans fan um it was a decent story but the artwork is what sold it for me yeah
2: well i always like perez's rendition of
0: cyborg best
2: and did did nightwing have the disco collar oh let me see
0: yeah i oh yeah yo hell yeah
2: perez rocked that disco collar on nightwing like nobody's business
0: now, if they just replaced Danny Chase with, I don't know, anybody else, it could have been the New Teen Titans and Judge Judy, and I would have been <laughs> happy with it.
2: She'd been hitting people with her gavel. <laughs>
0: her gavel, Motron. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to. The Marvel graphic novel, Emperor Doom, starring the Mighty Avengers.
2: Now, that's really old, right? Emperor Uh, Emperor Doom came out a long time ago, and I think this this is the first time it was ever reprinted.
0: 87. This is a second printing I have here. And it's a a story about... It's an Avengers story, and it takes place before West Coast Avengers number one, but the West Coast Avengers are in it. Uh Huh? (laughs) And basically what it is, is Dr. Doom kidnaps the Purple Man and puts him in a machine in a big gem and so he can shoot these rays and take over the world. Okay. And he does it. He's all in a, in a restaurant. And he gets Submariner to help him. So Submariner, because all he wants is for the Atlanteans to be left alone. Yeah. So the Submariner's job was to take out all the androids because the androids weren't affected by it. You know, they show they show Wonder Man, he's on the set of a movie, and then he goes to a West Coast Avengers mansion. hmm And and Hawkeye uh getting a pizza and Hawkeye shooting arrows into apples and Tigra sunbathing. And then for Wait, a some minute, did reason, you
2: say Tigra?
0: Yeah. It's Tigra. Why can't it be Tigra? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my
2: you know, like like Daryl says, I'm captain. Is it correct. Tigra? It's tigra. tigra.
0: Does it matter? No,
2: no, for, for, for you, no. If it was Daryl, I would correct him hard. That made me sad. Well, you've been calling her, calling her Tigra her whole life?
0: No, my whole life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little older than me, I think.
2: Okay, no no problem. You, you know what I mean. You, you know what I mean. But yeah, it's always been Tigra. But if you want to call her Tigra, feel, feel fine. Feel free no, I'm going to gonna call
0: something. her Tigra now. No, I'm self conscious. I'm not trying to make you self conscious. Too late, man. Damn. Too late. Some things you just can't take back.
2: Well, I won't. I won't talk about um, episode thirty uh, something of uh, "Tales from the Attic" with Irredeemable. When you, when you was talking about some of these characters and you were spitting out their names, I had to like take the earbuds out my ear and put them down. I'm like, I know he meant well, but that's not how you say that name.
0: I, I dude, I'll be honest with you. I was lost.
2: I was like, yo, that's Gilgamesh. I was like, yo, that's Charybdis. I'm like, what is that's he I, saying? It's
0: like, that's why I said we'll call him Gil. Yeah, we'll call him Gil. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was like, you know what? Donnie is doing his best, so I'm not going to say shit because it's still funny. Because like, it took all my power to not call you after I listened to that and wake you up from work. Like, yo, it's Charybdis, man. It's Charybdis. I'm like, it's a fucking comic book, Sean. Let it go. Click. <laughs> but then again, if it was Daryl, I would have called him and told him, hey, it's Charybdis. Charybdis. He deserves it. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted you in the midst of Emperor Doom. please continue.
0: So for some reason, Wonder Man shows up, talks to Tony Stark, and Tony Stark puts puts him in stasis. He goes in like this Michael Jackson, like um sensory deprivation chamber, mm-hmm. but it's got chemicals that um that work with his ionic energy. Yeah, and he. He puts them away for a month.
2: Yeah, I see that. I was I'm looking at a major spoilers dot uh, com retro review of it, and they've got the page where they put Wonder Man in in the tank. And I'm tell you something. I'm looking at this page. Uh, Tony Stark is a little bit looking a little bit
0: too ha- too happy about putting Wonder Man in, <laughs> in his tank. Well, his his last words to him were, "What could possibly happen in a month? <laughs> Where's wah, 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 wah. Where's my Jack Daniels?" And, uh, what could, what could possibly happen? Shut up, Simon. <laughs> I never liked you with your stupid glasses <laughs> and your big stupid red W. Your red boots. Oh, where's red boots? What are you, stripper? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so then you go to, um, Avengers Mansion, regular Avengers, Avengers Mansion, and, and, um, Submariner mariner got this crazy jewel thing around his neck, so he he's not affected by the purple man. Mm-hmm. And he goes to put this disc on Vision, and the Vision like, "Man, I could dematerialize." And then um, so Submariner says, "Okay, fine." So he brings in Scarlet Witch and Star Fox, and he says, "If you don't if you don't materialize, I'll just have Star Fox break your wife's neck." Mm. And he did. So he well, he didn't break her neck, but so the Vision. Materialized, and then he puts this little thing on his head, and then all of a sudden he he listens to everything they say too. Okay. So then, <laughs> so then basically, you know, the event West Coast Avengers find out what what Doom's doing, and they go after him. Um, but it doesn't really work out for them, and they all get mind controlled. Meanwhile, you know, Wonder Man's still in stasis. And then Submariner goes and does that shit to um, Machine Man. And that's the only time you see Machine Man in here is when he puts a disc on him and then they don't reference him at all anymore. <laughs> and he does it to Ultron, which I was surprised because I was sitting there while I was reading I was trying to think of robot superheroes. Yeah. And after Machine Man, I was kind of like, well, see. Because the original Human Torch wasn't back yet. Right. So I'm like, I don't know who else they got. And then they're like, Ultron. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so then Doom just takes over the UN. And then, um, then he takes away that crystal away from Namor's neck. Right. Now Namor's under his control. So then everybody loves Doom and he's got the whole world. He's got the whole world in his hand. And then um Wonder Man gets out of his stasis. And uh Everybody around Avengers West Coast Mansion keeps talking to him about about the Emperor, about the Emperor. And he's like, Mm -hmm. and Captain America's there. And everybody's talking about the Emperor this and Emperor that. And yada, yada. And he doesn't know what's going on. And he turns on the TV. And you see, like, Doom at a ticker tape parade. Yeah. (laughs) And the Wasp is there now. And then then they realize that um, Wonder Man isn't under Doom's control so then Doom orders the Avengers to kick his ass
2: Mm -hmm. no what was cracking me up is like once they have the pan, they have the page um, on this site and um, and Wonder Man's like hey we gotta stop Doom and panel five Wasp is sitting on on a ladder she says stop and like Cap's like stop Doom and like he's got this look on his face that is priceless like what the fuck are you talking somebody just
0: kicked him in the nads
2: yeah yeah and so the Cap gets on the hotline
0: that's what I like. What does Captain America do? Tattles.
2: Yeah, he gets on the hotline, and, and Wonder <laughs> Man's like, "That's a great idea," and then Wonder and then Cap's like, "Put me through to the White to the White House, please. This is emergency." emergency. And then Wonder Man's like, attaboy, a boy, Cap," and then cut to a couple pages later. Couple pages later, Wonder Man is flying away.
0: No, they, oh, so you missed it where he throws Captain America out a window.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not he's, it. Either.
0: He's he's blocking the other West Coast Avengers with a grand piano. <laughs> Then he throws it at him and he takes off. And like before Iron Man could get in his suit of armor, Mm -hmm. he punches him in the face. (laughs) And then then takes one of Hawkeye Sky Rocket uh, cycle thingies and takes off. Uh And I was like, man,
2: what are you doing? You can fly. No, 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 no. He has to have the rocket packs in order to fly.
0: Oh, in this version, that's right. He does, doesn't
2: he? Yeah, all like every every incarnation of Wonder Man has to have. Well, well I don't, I can't remember from like Civil War and whatnot, but like say for instance from the eighties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, up until like Energy Wonder Man, he, yeah, he had yeah, to I have think that's where it change. He either had to have the rocket packs on his side, or when they gave him in the nineties that, or the late eighties, early nineties that butt ugly, uh, full green suit with the with the red W. And like the yellow and the yellow backpack uh, with the, with the rockets on it, that's a, that was an ugly ass uniform, dog. <laughs> that was ugly. I don't, I'm like, listen, who approved that? I mean, as a kid, that was ugly, and now it's even worse. I think it was like a cover of Marvel Age that has that costume. He's like flying, trying to look all hard. I'm like, you're not hard, dude. You you look like a like a rusted out, dried up starburst. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. This part cracks me up though, because like he takes off with the with the sky sock cycle, yeah, and Wasp sh- shoots him, so he's gonna go down, right? Right, and he goes down in a marketplace, and his face is all over every TV, and the Emperor's telling everybody to get him, so he falls in this, and there's old men throwing tomatoes and groceries at him. So one dude threw an entire grocery cart at him. Mm-hmm and then the crowd starts beating him up but he didn't want to hit the people so he starts punching at the ground and he goes into the sewer to hide yeah and then um then he goes back to the movie studio and he puts on movie makeup so he could um so no one would recognize him yeah he's still wearing them sunglasses though Mm
2: -hmm. dude but he but like he's got like the red hair there's a scene where he's got like this derby hat and he's got the the like red hair and red mustache he looks like a like Kurt Rambus's cousin <laughs>
0: and then on the on the White House lawn doom is all bored and his bodyguards are the Hulk Luke Cage and some Mariner mm. but then you never see Hulk and Luke Cage ever again in this book okay and then Simon Simon meets a blind woman who gives him a Frankfurter and he fixes her boat mm-hmm and then he plays with her dog and she gives him a pep talk about how he's kind of well you know without really saying it saying it basically simon you know you got to step up and you got to save everybody and so he does and he goes and he um he looks at the avengers recordings and then he's trying to he's trying to break everybody, you know. Their will doom's well over him and stuff. Yeah. And the first person he gets out is Captain America, and he shows them old tapes of uh, Doctor Doom kicking the crap out of the Fantastic Four, and then the Avengers, and then even choking Cap himself.
2: Yeah, I want to know what issue that came that came from. I'm like, I ain't never read an issue of, of Captain America or the Avengers where like Doom was like choking Cap. And it's a it's a pretty that's just like some anguish. You can see the anguish on Doom's face. Like I'm gonna choke your ass.
0: This is for the same look he's got when he was right before he called Doom.
2: Yeah, yeah. Captain America
0: only got that one look.
2: Like Doom is like look like Doom was still upset about what happened, about what happened when uh he's like, how come Cap was on more episodes of amazing of the Amazing Spider Man, uh. TV series, or not TV series, but remember the Spider-Man, not before Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, it was just Spider-Man with mm. a <laughs> music, and like Doom was supposed to be there, but every now and then Cap would get some appearances. Doom is like, listen, I ain't got my royalty check yet. I heard you got paid. And it's like, he's like choking him, like, give me my check. Give me my check. He is pulling a Shug Knight on Cap right there in that panel.
0: That's alright. Um, Wonder Man got all the West Coast Avengers out of it, except for Mockingbird, and mm. she was going to tell Doom, so <laughs> Hawkeye punched her out. <laughs> that dude beat his own wife. Hank Hank Pym backhanded his wife, and he's still hearing shit about that to this day. This fool Cole knocked her unconscious. Damn, and everybody's all right with that.
2: That that is that is harsh. You know the PKD Black Box has not approved domestic violence, and that is harsh. Clint Clint Barton should be ashamed.
0: Captain America says, Hawkeye? And he's whole. He, Mockingbird's all passed out. And he's all, she called Doom. I slugged her. <laughs> God. And he's all, I'm sorry. And you know, what Iron Man said, yeah. well, what's done is done. That's classic Tony. It's, <laughs> but Doom is bored. He's bored. There's no challenges anymore. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, be careful what you wish for. Mm hmm. <clears throat> So then Push comes to shove, and the then just kicked the crap out of him. And they released the, the purple man from the big gem. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But this is 1987. And um, how he was helping to keep Namor under his control was he wouldn't let him go in the water. Ah, okay. So he could And then Wasp shot a fish tank because every secret villain super lair in front of a big gem cannon has a fucking fish tank in front of it. <laughs>
2: It was the '80s band.
0: Yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> they're they're about to go after him and whatnot, and um, and Submariner punches the gem, knocks a Purple Man loose, and then all of a sudden you see Reagan getting his senses back, and like uh, these these street toughs are spray painting on Doom's picture, mm-hmm. and, and Doom's <laughs> there's a poster, a PDA poster of Doom, and it says Doom says don't deface public property. <laughs> And then all around it shows like people, you know, Machine Man's back. And then there's like uh, Monica, Rambo, Captain Marvel up top, Black Knight, Hulk, Spider Man, Thing, the rest of the Fantastic Four, Doctor Strange, Wolverine. It shows them all getting like their, um, their shit back together. Yeah. And then, um, then Namor says something snotty and he goes back to Atlantis. <laughs> and, uh,. The Avengers ride the Doomcopter back to California.
2: The end. The end. One thing I will say... (laughs) Doomcopter. What? (laughs) The great thing about this book is that the pencils and inks are by Bob Hall. And Bob Hall, when it comes to some of these panels, does not disappoint. With, like, the looks and the expressions on people's faces, they're priceless. Absolutely priceless. I'm sorry. The inker was Bill Oakley. The penciler was Bob Hall. Um... I like, the, I like the inks. I mean, on some of the pages, Oakley's inks make, make Hall's work look too sharp and rigid in some spots, but you can still tell it's Bob Hall. And because the facial expressions alone are worth reading this. The story is silly. It, it, it's beyond silly. It's a classic 80s story. But how many stories nowadays, with the exception of what they're doing with Doctor Doom and the Fantastic Four right now under Hickman, how many times have you really got a lot of doom stories outside of the fantastic 4
0: and uh, not not very many
2: so anytime they use doom i get happy no matter what the era i love it when they use doom doom is the ultimate villain to me he is the ultimate villain and he is so underutilized
0: You want me to jump
2: into the next one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, actually, you know what? Um, let's let I'm, I'm take. Five. I, w- I want to tell you. I want to tell you about something I didn't read, but um, I went to the movies. Ooh. I went to the movies. Re- I oh. went. To, uh, <laughs> I went to the movies recently, and the misses uh, and myself, we went to go see Twenty One Jump Street. And I'm gonna tell you something, Donnie. Remember when we saw the trailer and we weren't sure about that? We mm-hmm. when we did that trailer episode a long time ago. Yeah. That shit was fucking hilarious.
0: Was it really?
2: Yes. Yes, it would, and, and you know me, man. You know me. I, I'm always iffy when it comes to Channing Tatum. You know what I mean? Like my wife loves Channing Tatum. So that was the reason to go because she wanted to see the Channing Tatum. <laughs> and, so, and so because I was like, I'll go, you know, hopefully it'll be funny. Hopefully I'll be entertained. And it, dude, it was hilarious. It really was. The chemistry between Tatum and Hill, along with along with the script, which was a uh, co-written, co-written by Jonah Hill. I can't remember the other screenwriter's name. Mm-hmm. Funny from beginning to end, and really, we, yeah, yes, it was. And there is some wrong shit in this movie too. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody.
0: You got to tell me who made it a cameo.
2: Oh, okay, I'll tell you in a second. But here's the premise. Here's the premise of Twenty One Jump Street, and technically, this movie is in quote unquote continuity with the original series. It is yes, yes. What happens is is that uh, Jonah Hill's character and Channing Tatum's character they were both in the same high school together, and their senior year, a uh, prom is about to jump off, and Jonah Hill's character is very insecure. And because this was like around the early two thousands, you know, you see Jonah Hill getting off the bus because he's you know he's in high school he's a senior, he's insecure, he's got the white t shirt, he's got his hair dyed like Eminem, and he's got like he's got like the gold chain, and he's got braces. And so he finally like tries to build up the nerve, the nerve to like ask this girl to the prom, and this girl realizes that he's about to ask her to the prom and calls him out on it, like ooh, disgusting, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then Channing Tatum, who is a jock and like you know who's a jock and football, you know, football star, all that stuff, starts cracking on starts cracking on Jonah Hill, says, dude, you you, you can't date her, you can't take her to the prom because you're a loser. So you know Jonah Hill is all sad, runs outside. Then Channing Tatum, and I should know their character's names, but I'm not I'm just going to say their, their actor names. He gets called to the principal's office and gets told that he can't go to the prom because he failed another test. And because he failed the test, he cannot. He, he's no longer, he's not allowed to go to the prom. He's supposed to be prom king. And the principal's like, I really don't care. We told you, quit failing. And you didn't. And you failed this test. You're not going to the prom. So it cuts to them both sitting outside on opposite sides of the school, up pissed off. And then it cuts to many years later, they, uh, join the, um, they join the police force. They go through training and everything. They become friends. And after their first bust goes bad, they get sent to the 21 Jump Street program. And then that's when um, the captain sends those two undercover to high school.
0: Now captain for, played by Ice Cube. Yes,
2: who was, who was funny. There's a scene involving a, a, uh, a statue of Korean Jesus. That's all I'm going to say. But it's what, it's what Ice Cube says to Jonah Hill to, in that scene that will make you laugh uncontrollably. But anyway, now Jonah Hill gets a chance to relive his you know his high school you know he gets to relive high school and like change his life a little bit and Channing Tatum is trying to tell him like listen we need to do this and act like this but like the high, the way high school is now as compared to like you know so many years ago is two different things and it throws them both for a loop and then it becomes like you know the whole fish out of water deal but there's plenty of action plenty of comedy it is actually very funny Channing Tatum was hilarious in this movie he was very really funny. yes he was very very funny there is some there's some gross there's some nasty stuff in here too real nasty but um i I was thoroughly pleased I would be willing to go see a sequel Wow yeah and as far as cameos go, Holly Robinson Pete had a cameo hmm which made me very happy um, mm-hmm. um if I'm not mistaken the De Louise boy had a had a cameo
0: which one because they were both in it
2: oh, I, I can't remember which one then there was Peter and who's the other one
0: uh, the other brother.
2: Okay, I want I think it was Peter DeLuise, I think
0: the other brother does shit for Disney.
2: Yeah, I think it was Peter DeLuise, dude. I want to say it's Peter DeLuise. And the other cameo, you got you got a glimpse image of Dustin Gwynn on the t- on the TV during like a during a shootout because the TV was left on and there was like a uh, was it Dustin Gwynn? I always get his name mixed up. I may be wrong completely. They had like an image of him on screen during a shootout and then like the TV goes out. But the last cameo. And this is a spoiler, so I'm going to give you five seconds to uh, just like turn your ears away. One, two, three, four, five. Johnny Depp.
0: Yeah, the, well, they said that if you look on IMDb, he was on the credits. It was the rest of the cast that they didn't put.
2: Mm-hmm. And and, and that cameo was funny, too, but it is in continuity with the rest of 20, with, with the 21 Jump Street TV show in a lot of ways. So, uh, Yeah and it's open for a sequel and because it had such a great opening weekend there will be a sequel in the works.
0: So no no Richard Grieco, huh?
2: No. Mm, no. No no Grieco, sir. No Grieco. You
0: yeah, must he, have been too busy. Biz- oh, I won't finish that sentence.
2: No, man. He, you know he's doing he's doing those uh, sci-fi uh, asylum movies like Thor. <laughs> have you seen that?
0: I still haven't seen it and no I will not.
2: Kevin Nash is Odin. Thor Thor running around with like double-fisted Uzis. Stop. (laughs) But yeah, man. Yeah, no. If you get a chance, go see Twenty One Jump Street. I think I think you'll really like it. It's it's really funny, dude. Real funny.
0: Okay, the next one is. Joe Kubert's Jew Gangster. That just sounds hardcore. It it does, and it's about um um that's well, about a Jewish gangster. No, it's about this kid who uh, grew up in Brooklyn, um, Jewish kid, and uh, he always admired what the what the mobsters were doing and stuff like that, and how they always had money and yada yada. And he was running errands for them behind his dad's back. And his dad wanted him to go to school, get grades, blah, 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 and do all this stuff. So the kid winds up coming up. His father throws him out of the house. And um, so then he winds up, you know, the main mobster there. Well, he's not really the main mobster. He's the second in charge. And he starts, uh, you know, he's his mentor. And he comes up, and he gets some of his childhood friends involved. And uh, it's pretty much just a story of this family and this kid. And uh, he winds up sleeping, like, with his mentor's girlfriend, and, and uh the dude finds out about it it was an awesome it really it was a good story and of course it's 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 a uh, black and white cubert art yeah black black you know and I mean, white huh? black
2: and white cubert art really yeah.
0: the whole thing is a black and white and it was
2: beautiful wasn't
0: it no it sure was but you know it shows you like you know what these guys do you know what i mean yeah and um you know then one is when his, when his Dad dies. You know he's trying to bring his family together and everything else, and things go downhill for him. And some of his friends winding up, you know, that he brought in. Some of them don't make it. And um, you know, he's in all this time through his eyes. You're learning the ins and outs of their business and everything else. And and then finally, at the end, you meet the main mafia guy. It was insane. Like if you if. <laughs> I don't. I, I encourage everybody. Number one is Joe Kubert. How can you go wrong? Mm-hmm. And it's a good old fashioned mafia story. And um, it goes for fifteen bucks.
2: Now, who published uh, this story?
0: DC, really? part of their part of their Joe Kubert library.
2: I did not know that. See, I didn't know who who actually published the story. I mean, I knew that. A Jew Gangster was coming out, but I didn't know who was publishing it.
0: takes place in the 30s to, uh, during the Depression. It was It's just a, it's, it's a great story. It really is. And I mean, I'm a Hubert fan from all those Sergeant Rock covers and, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Unknown Soldier, everything else he used to do for the old DC War books, you know? Yeah. Did
2: you ever read the Sergeant Rock story in Wednesday Comics?
0: Um, no. Did I you- bought the Wednesday Comics and, and then, um, i never finished reading them actually
2: you need to go did you have a, did you have a trade paperback or did you just have not the trade paperback but the big hardcover or did no, you get, i have
0: the original dude, the newspaper
2: pull out the newspapers and read them the the joe Kubert sergeant rock was awesome actually i loved all the wednesday wednesday comics you know even like, but like the thing like with metal man i could have just like I, I talked about this a long time ago i just could have done with the art how, how, can oh, you, yeah. how can you go wrong with Jose Luis Garcia Lopez pencils, Kevin Nolan inks and in some beautiful ass colors I, I didn't even need to see words I didn't even have to see a, you know see any dialogue because that art was
0: gorgeous. See that's what was funny about that like a lot of the um, the main characters that they put in that book that w- those were the stories nobody was talking about. No one was talking about the Batman story or the Superman story or the Green Lantern story yeah, or the Wonder Woman story. They were all talking about Adam Strange, the Metal Men, Sergeant Rock.
2: Yeah, the Adam Strange story was dope, too, because that was done by Paul Pope. Yes, sir.
0: And see, that Paul
2: Pope is off the hook, man. Oh, I love Paul Pope. He's a fantastic artist.
0: And what I want to do with my Wednesday comics is the stories that I I did start and I liked. I want to get them, you know, finish the stories, whatever, and then have them framed and put on the wall. Hmm. I think that would look pretty, pretty cool. No, you know what? You want to know something, dude? What's that? No, I've been reading the new 52 and uh as Forrest Gump once said I may not be a smart man Jenny <laughs> but, but <clears throat> this is what ticked me off with they're doing this Earth 2 now I haven't read it so I'm not gonna poo poo the whole thing but did you see the cover image
2: no sir the different,
0: the different versions of Superman Batman and Wonder Woman no sir and they're getting attacked by Darkseid's uh parademons
2: no sir haven't I seen this
0: yeah you don't
2: sound happy, so sir.
0: If if this fifty two winds up totally failing, guess what? Oh, the new fifty two is uh Earth fifty two. Oh, okay. How about that? So you Look at that there. So you think that these new
2: these this new image that you've seen for this Earth Two is more modern than the re than the than the retakes that they've done with the new fifty two right now?
0: What what I'm saying is is now that they that they actually came out. And like, you know how like they did Earth 2 back in the day when we were kids. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's how it should be. Right, not, right, I'm, right. I'm not saying I wouldn't complain if they did do that though. But um the Superman was older, Green Lantern was golden age, Flash was golden age, Wonder Woman was golden age. These look like they're the same age. <clears throat> of the main fifty-two characters now, okay. so it's just like an alternate take on the same characters. That's is weird. what it's what it's looking like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and like this is a cover image, so I mean, I'm not, you know.
2: Yeah, I, mean, you, you I don't, could be you,
0: totally yeah. wrong.
2: Yeah, you don't know what's going to. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. No, I'm just
0: speculating yet, from right. what I saw.
2: Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: So now you're DC, you're Warner Brothers. And this new 52 thing took off. But a year later, it's fizzling out. And all those 40-something-year-old nerds, 30-something-year-old nerds like us, are screaming, where's my continuity? I have 500 issues of Detective Comics, and you're telling me they don't mean anything. No, they well, mean, guess what. they—they made something though. See, that's what. No, no, no. It. I understand, okay, but ahead, but, but from a marketing point, well, guess what? Uh, you enjoy Detective Comics. Well, that's great. And we appreciate it, and uh, but uh, the new Fifty Two was just Earth Fifty Two. It wasn't the regular continuity that we've been doing for seventy five years. We were just showing you stories from that Earth for a year. See what I'm saying? No, I see what you're saying, and that and that could possibly happen.
2: Although I will say even though you may feel that DC the whole New 52 has fizzled out over the last few months DC still has like a command as far as like book sales go over no, more No, no, I'm 100. not
0: I'm not saying it fizzled out. Okay. I'm saying as a company if they you know what I mean like yeah. if it does fizzle out. Okay, if it does. I'm sorry. Okay. If right, does, right, right. Sorry, sorry. sorry. No, no, cuz I I mean believe me dude, I buy my share of this New 52. And they're good stories for the most part.
2: Aquaman is outselling top Marvel comics right now.
0: Aquaman is the bomb, dude.
2: But see, that's what happens when you put an A-list creator and an A-list artist on a book. Imagine what would have happened. And this is no offense to Eric Wallace because I love Eric Wallace as a writer. I just think he got a bad situation with Mr. Terrific. Imagine if you put like a top level. Because like Eric said, Eric Wallace is a great writer. And this is no offense to him. If you put a top level writer and artist on, on 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 Mr. Terrific, or if you gave it to Eric Wallace and then gave him a top level artist and a kick ass editorial team,
0: yeah, but you got to look at it this way too, though, dude. Aquaman was always on every incarnation of the Super Friends. Yes, the public knows who the, who he is. Oh yeah, and everybody makes fun of him. The jo- right? But the average Joe, no clue who Mister Terrific is. No, I know. I you know. I, what I mean? No, like, I know that. I, I didn't think he'd be just the character alone. I think even if you put Jeff Johns on that sucker, man. That I mean, like look at look at Bendis, dude. Look at Bendis. Is you know the Moon Knight's canceled. True, true. But you know? but,
2: but look also look at it like this. Look character
0: at, has a lot to do with it
2: too. Oh, oh, yeah. But look how many books Bendis writes. It's, it, so it's not like. If even if Moon Knight gets canceled, it's like, well, there's all these other Bendis books, and you could say, well, because he does all these other books, that's why Moon Knight got hurt in sales. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're writing all these books, how can you expect these other books to do just as well? And it's just like the whole thing with the new 52. 52 new titles, can you really expect everything to succeed? And if, and if you don't plan this properly, I'm not saying that they didn't, and I don't want to go on a tangent here, but there were some things that were like, just born to fail. And in the beginning, Mr. Terrific had strong sales even though the right artist wasn't on that book. And I've, right. and I've and I've talked about this before and I won't talk about it again. And
0: You know what? I'll save Jonah Hex for the next time. Okay. And I'll go with The Secret Society of Supervillains. Volume 1, I just dropped Jonah Hex all over the film. <laughs> um,
2: okay, now, is this the Secret Society of Supervillains that was, like, published in, like, the late 70s? Yes, sir. You, you gotta tell me about this, because, like, as a child, I always wanted this comic, and I never had the opportunity to get it.
0: Okay. Well, I'm gonna sh- throw you some of the, the uh, writers. Jerry Conway, David Anthony Kraft, uh, Paul Levitz did an issue, uh, Rich Buckler penciled a lot and the inker was Bob Layton.
2: Yes. Buckler and Layton. Uh, and
0: then you had uh Pablo Marcus or Marcos and uh Bob Smith inking on a few. Ernie Chan did a couple of covers. Whoa. Dick Giordano and Terry Austin did a couple of covers. Wow. Um Rich Buck Rich Buckler and Vince Coletta. Vinny fucking Coletta. Vinny fucking Coletta. Hey Se- Secret Society of Supervillains number ten. You know who did the cover? Who? Al Milgram. Mm-hmm. Who ain't it? Uh, Jack Abel. Um, this has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven issues. Well, ten issues, and then a, like a backup story or whatever, and the original number one, because it was changed before it hit the newsstand. So they actually have like a black and white. Copy of of uh, 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 art, the whole thing put together, man. What? And, they, and the DC was probably like, "Yeah, we're gonna go with something else." <laughs> but um, I love super villains. This is not a super mi- a villain team book per se. All right. This is a Captain Comet book. Oh really? Oh. Which kind of stopped me from ordering Volume Two.
2: There's a Volume Two.
0: Yeah, it was solicited, and it stopped me from ordering volume two and actually searching for the original issues at cons, because it's just like, this isn't what I thought it was. I thought it was going to be like, you know, not as racy as Gail Simone's Secret Six or whatever, but a villain book about a team of villains. I thought this was like my Legion of Doom. Right. And it even got Grodd in it and Captain Cold.
2: And the Joker.
0: And no, not yet. Okay. And uh Mirror Master and Star Sapphire, but it's not Carol Ferris Star Sapphire, it's the French chick when they thought Carol Carol was dead. Yeah, it's just not really. And the android of the manhunter? <sighs> and then you find out Darkseid's behind the whole thing and he was funding them, but then they break loose from Darkseid.
2: Wait a minute, how was Darkseid funding them? Funding them? I don't know. Darkseid don't have no money? He has a planet he can, he can like lend some power to some pair of demons and then Calibac. It's a
0: lot of, it's a, there's a lot of real estate there. I guess so. I, I, I guess so. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, yeah, I was kind of a little disappointed in it. This makes me honest. sad. It makes me sad too. So basically, it, but, uh, I mean, it's not that it, it it's an okay story it's just not what i was looking for
2: right because you were expecting that like you would get a, a, you would get a book about supervillains doing bad shit constantly and superheroes trying to stop them or at least you know either you know either their plan would be thwarted by some form of superhero random superhero and then they would team up again to try to do something bad right and instead what you got was was a couple of two different supervillains every issue trying to do something and captain comet was trying to stop them
0: captain comet would well, he's trying to end the secret society of supervillains.
2: All right, so it it feels more like a Captain Comet pilot. Is that what you're telling me?
0: Right, it, it's a Captain Comet comic. Say that twelve times backwards. <laughs> it it's okay, just for the characters. Like, like, remember, remember the Royal Flush Gang?
2: Yeah. All
0: right. Do you remember when Jack went solo? Yes. And went and went by the name of High Jack. Yes. There's a couple issues of him in there. Hijack. See,
2: don't that sound like a G.I. Joe character?
0: It does. And I'm sure it is somewhere.
2: No, for real. Can't you imagine the costume right now? The dude is going to have, like, a camouflage jacket, and it's got, like, the big letter J on, like, the left pocket. And then he's got, like, these, like, white and black camo pants. And then he's got a cap with a playing card stuck in the bill somewhere. Yeah, dude, and 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 like and like he's got this like this big ass gun, and on the side is written Full House,
0: <laughs>
2: or Royal Flush. That would be hijack. Oh, we, we you know we should call up Hasbro right now, like market that. Sorry, go ahead. I D W. Yes, Get Robert
0: Atkins on the phone. Yes,
2: go ahead. I'm sorry. Go
0: ahead. I mean, it's okay. It, it, it was, but like I said, it wasn't what I was looking for. And like with me, when I go for back issues like that, I collect them before I read them because I want to get the whole set, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not easy to find.
2: No, no, that's, that, those books are very difficult to find.
0: And they're, you know, I don't know if they're overly expensive because I buy reader copies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're like 50 cents to a dollar.
2: See, but, I, I bet you can find a whole set at uh, at one of the uh, Wild Pig shows.
0: Probably, Yeah. Probably Heroes Con. This is a good shopping con. Too. S-
2: speaking of which to any listener that is going to the Super Wild Pig Show in May, if you see any of the Society of Supervillains or Secret Society of Supervillains books and they're cheap like fifty cents and you could pick me up some, I-, I will somehow pay you back in kindness and cash. So uh, <laughs> so if you find any of those, let a brother know. Thank you. Did I tell you that I got the very first Big Daddy Kane CD uh, a couple weeks ago? You did. Got it. Through, found it at half price books for like three bucks. Oh. And it was
0: lovely. Yeah. And it was
2: in mint condition. Mm. Mm. Mm.
0: See, my, my goal, Donnie, is to still get... Still waiting for my copy of Prince of Darkness. No, no. Listen to me. Listen no, to no, me. No, no, no. Prince it's... of Darkness. <laughs> prince of Darkness. It's like a of pie a bloodthirsty. Oh,
2: uh, have mercy. You see, you got to understand, I have to get the entire collection of Big Daddy Kane CDs, then put them to MP3, and then send them to you.
0: Oh, I'm down for that.
2: You know, I can't give you an incomplete
0: collection. You got to get, what was the name of the album where he had, um, he was all dressed like a thug? Are you talking about the, um, this looks like a job for... That that was that. yeah. He was all like, uh, "I kicked him in the belly like I was cheap Kelly," <laughs> like that one. <laughs> I think so. And he, yeah, he looked all thugged out on the top of it. He, in the cover. Oh yeah, yeah. This looks like a job for all the Big Daddy Kane albums. And then he do a he did a, a duet with Spinderella Right? We I don't know. we don't we don't talk about that song. Why? Ain't nothing wrong with that.
2: Here's the thing. Okay, I'm all right with that song because I'm okay with it. But here's here's the thing. All the music that Big, Big Daddy Kane did was ahead, of its, was ahead of the industry's time and music's time. Because the thing is, is that a lot of the stuff Big Daddy Kane did, some people panned on it. Even though it sold well, some people panned on it because nobody had done it yet. And now, stuff that he did like back in the 80s and early 90s, now everybody does it and it's okay. But I just remember that song with Spinderella. And I didn't mind it, but what I hated about the song was that after, like, Big Daddy Kane and Spinderella was done rapping, they let these two terrible R&B singers just, like, riff and ad-lib for, like, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I hate that. That made me officially hate that song to no end. And not only that, but I guess, like, the other thing is is that around that time on the Mary J. Blige album, Mary J. Blige had a song called What's the 411 with Grand Pooba. And, you know, Mary rapped a little bit on it, and Grand Poobah was on it, and then there was the original studio version that was Mary and the Notorious B.I.G. And so I had heard those first. So hearing those, then hearing that Big Daddy Can't Spinderella cut, I was just like, ooh. You know, I mean, not saying that it's a bad track, but that singing at the end of it is just <laughs> god-awful. I mean, god awful, and it's that. Singing, well, it did, it
0: did go on for like a minute or two, too long. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if they cut it just like a minute or two shorter. It would have been a good. I just
2: I just remember the, the brother in the song. He was like singing. He's like saying, singing the words "Don't stop," and like he just extended it. He extended the word "stop," and then he ended the stop with a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really, dude, really. You gotta be kidding me! I'm like, I hope you never got any more background vocal work because that's he was like,
0: he was like that episode of Martin when he was trying to sing with Joe to see.
2: <laughs>
0: he was just in the background, laying on a piano and shit, going
2: woo 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 Oh man, the <laughs> '90s, the '90s. You know, it kind of it, it amazes me. I, I wonder if a show like Martin could even make it now.
0: I don't think it could. I I, I don't know. I don't think that, it could. that all happened at a special time. Yeah, and Living Color, Martin, Martin uh, married with children, living single. That um, was like that was like one huge Sunday block of television right there.
2: Well, yeah. Well, now remember, Martin was a Sunday. Jo- well, not a Sunday joint, but was a Thursday joint. Because remember, they always put in the beginning. Living Color was a Sunday joint. Then they put all the black people on Thursdays. <laughs> cuz Fox was like put the negroes on on Thursdays and you know we'll be fine because we cuz like what that, happened was that, that,
0: there was just like a white dude in a suit and like all these people were coming up to him and they're like we got this great show about this urban kid who goes nope is it a negro nope nope Thursday <laughs> exactly
2: exactly and on Saturdays um, make sure Seabear and Jamal is on first yeah. Don't forget Sinbad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see, that was another show. I remember I watched. I, I watched it because I liked Sinbad the comedian, and I was like, you know what? I really want this to work. I'm going to watch it. It had a young Ray J in it before he was doing porn videos and wanting to be uh, the um, the uh, mayor of uh, San Francisco and ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> And um, it had the uh, oh, the Papa from Two Two Seven. Um, was in it and it was just a bad show it was awful Mm -hmm. show
0: but i I like i'm like the only dude alive that likes sinbad's movies which one house guest house guest was one of the funniest movies of that time i don't care what anybody says house
2: guest was funny and With Phil
0: Hartman. Yeah.
2: You know, I always thought Sinbad was a funny dude. But sometimes he was a funny dude, man. You know, he
0: still is a funny. Dude. Yeah. Stand up is funny.
2: Oh, yeah. Like the thing that used to get me about Sinbad. He did this one special on HBO. And I know I got it on tape somewhere. Once again, we are going back to the 90s where this was a special period of time in stand up comedy where people were just kind of like how can I say this stand-up comedy like really hit that boom in like late 80s early 90s and you had all t- I mean dude you had every almost every single cable network had like a, like a stand-up comedy half hour with like all these comedians on it A&E had had um had a show uh, AMC had a show I remember as a kid watching um live at the Improv like on a mm-hmm. weekly basis, you had like shows that would come on after after Showtime at the Apollo. That had a bunch of comedians on it. I mean, you had comedy shows left and right. MTV had a show. John Stewart hosted a show. Um, I mean, like I remember that's how I first saw Mario Joyner, and w- which is a dude that I think a lot of people sleep on because he really helps out a lot of comedians. You know, I don't want to call him that Ghostwriter dude, but you know, Mario, <laughs> you know, but Mario Joyner is funny. He's real funny. Like if you go listen to him, um, because I think he's part of Chris Rock's team, if I if I remember right. But um, it's like when they do the um, like the big specials and the mm-hmm. CD and the CDs. Like if you listen to the Chris Rock Never Scared CD, they have these interludes where um, like they're at the barbershop and Chris Rock is a character and Mario Joyner is the barber, and um. No, no, I'm sorry. Chris Rock's the barber. Mario Joyner is the customer. And they're just, you know, they're just talking about all this stuff. And, like, Mario Joyner helped write those. Really funny guy. But anyway, um, it was the 90s. You had, like, comedians that were, like, doing magic tricks, which I didn't really care much for because I'm like, that sucks. But you you had all this other type of comedy. Very experimental. Some bad, some awful, some great. But I remember this HBO special. And he performed this special at, um,. Like a um, historically black college. And I think it was a school that he actually went to. He came out and he had like this gear on and it was like like red and blue, kind of like a jumpsuit, but it wasn't a jumpsuit. And he had like these backup dancers with him. And they started like they just started like dancing for like 10 minutes. (sighs) And I'm like, I don't know what this is. Can somebody explain this to me? I mean, yeah, they was grooving and they was moving and that's cool and then he did his comedy routine and it was hilarious but it's just like it was unexpected and i just i didn't i didn't really understand i'm like dude you're a comedian i I understand if you're trying to be an entertainer that's fine that's fine but it's just like at that time i'm like i didn't get that but it that was just the era that we were in comedy then his other specials he was just doing stand-up he wasn't just trying to entertain people i mean he was dancing his ass off and his background dancers was moving too but i was just like I didn't I did just like, nah, that's
0: all right, bro. That's all right. You just do the comedy. You just do the comedy. You know who else was in that movie? Who else was in that movie? Detective Ron Harris from Barney Miller, <laughs> aka Ron Glass. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, because Ron, yeah, okay, yeah, Ron AKA. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start laughing now. All right. This is aka Shepherd Book for Firefly. <laughs> and we couldn't figure out what to do with them in Serenity. So guess what? We're going to put you on a planet. Ten minutes later, we're going to come back, and you're going to be dead. Yo, don't even get me started on that. It's I, I hadn't
2: I hadn't seen I mean, sorry I had not I had not seen an episode of Firefly before I saw Serenity, and you know, and I was very entertained. But I remember watching the Serenity movie, and they come back to his planet. I'm like, why is Ron Glass dead? <laughs>
0: Cause they didn't have nothing for them to do. I'm
2: like, well, couldn't you just let them go on vacation?
0: And in some way, dude was like, put them on Thursday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> or you could be like living single. Well, you know, one of uh one of Fox Television's uh you know highest rated sitcoms, sitcoms, even with casting changes, one of their highest rated sitcoms, it's still technically on hiatus. They never got a final episode. Right. Just like 227. 227 got put on hiatus.
0: Nobody knows what happened to that family. 227 is a comedy with Marla Gibbs and the family. (laughs) And remember. What? Nothing. You
2: you know what, man? Like, you. I think between you, me, and like two other people in America, we're the only ones that remember that commercial. Mm hmm. But that's okay.
0: And remember. Yo, this fool has been steady acting since the day I was born. Born. Who? Ron Glass. Yes. Yeah. Remember when he got was- his first big break and all in all the family? Well, see, I think you and remember then he was on Maud. And then there's Maud. And then there's Maud. And then there's Maud. Remember that. And then there's Maud. <laughs> <laughs> then he's on Hawaii Five-O. Bob Newhart, the new Perry Mason. Good times, Sanford and Son. And then they were just like give. Oh, they gave him a, He was on uh, the streets of San Francisco. He played Arlen Washington. I don't know what that is, but it's a TV series. Well, if he was a black man back in back then, that day, your last name had to be either Washington or Jefferson. Guess what? What? He played conduct, Conductor Slattery on an episode of Heart to Heart. That's wonderful. And then in 1982, they said, let's put this fool on TV mm-hmm. and forever. And he was... Uh, Barney Miller. He was on Barney Miller. He was also in the, the New Odd Couple. But I think he was only on the last... Was was he on the last season of Barney Miller? He only did 82, right? Hang on, let me look. No, Ron Glass was an original in Barney Miller. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yep. No, you're right. 70... So that was 70... I don't know why we're doing this this, this thing on Ron Glass. Well, you no want,
2: you now. wanted to hold a dedication to Ron Glass, and I wasn't going to stop 75,
0: I think. He, 75 to 82. Mm-hmm.
2: I wasn't going to stop you from dedicating
0: you know, this episode to Ron Glass. This had nothing to do with what I wanted to talk about today. Oh, What you want to talk about today? I don't remember. It's been so long. Oh. Yeah. I want to know. I want everybody to know. I read uh, Walking Dead Volume Fifteen, the newest volume. Yes, that shit was boring as hell, dude. See now, now I I don't read Walking Dead, so I need you to explain to me why you felt it was boring. This whole well, see, well, actually, hold. On. I don't want it's hard because I try and I'm trying not to spoil anything that happened in it. Okay, well, well, well let's just say they found another civilization, another another. Um, neighborhood right Mm -hmm. so they kind of moved themselves in there and everything was cool and then what happened zombie attack right right Right. so so now you're going now this is the aftermath of the zombie attack so the leader of these people um died carl got hurt i'm not going to tell you what happened to him but you were kind of like this this volume was like the last volume ended like is he going to be dead And is Rick really going to lose his shit now because his kid's going to be dead too so you find out um, what happens to Carl and then the rest of the whole the rest of the five issues is them rebuilding the walls of the town and trying to rebuild their, their little blocked in neighborhood and one guy was like that Rick is stupid and I don't want him to take over and all these guys are taking over so let's 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 i think we should we should just kick them all out and then he went and confronted Rick got scared and then he didn't do nothing and it was like what and in the last page him and Andrea kiss Rick and Andrea kiss and i was like dirt dirt tur
2: boring you 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 do not sound happy about this
0: no i look forward to those volumes every time they come out as soon as i see them on DCBS i don't even i just order
2: well, can you look at it like this? I mean, in a situation where you have a series where you're constantly on the run from zombies, or trying to, you know, also you also have, you know, have characters with personal personal issues that need to work things out on top of dealing with zombies. Like, it, wouldn't there be a moment in the series where it's kind of like, you know, what we things slow down for a bit? There's the calm. Mm-hmm. There's the calm before the storm. Or are you trying to tell me is that is that this calm?
0: could have been done in two issues instead of five it, it was it was six issues in that thing right yes there was one conclusion to the previous storyline there was a small conflict and then the rest of the issues were setting up some pretty boring plot lines that really seem to me that are going to have to take more time to get a payoff you know what i'm saying like like you're not going to get a payoff on some of these plot lines so maybe maybe two volumes down the road mm. and it's just like I, I mean i'm not saying that i'm going to quit the book or anything cuz let me tell you that it it took 15 volumes to find for me to find something to bitch about you know what i mean mm. so it, it's not like i'm not going to get the next one it's just that this one was just so dang boring usually i'm done with the walking dead i sit down i get the volume i open it up i sit down i read it and i don't get up until it's over hmm. and this time i was just like it took me three days to read that thing and i was just like man this thing's still going on <laughs> for real it's all right dude
2: well hopefully then you hopefully you will enjoy the next volume uh, more than you did the, this one I got a copy of Entertainment Weekly, and it's also a preview of stuff that um, it's like a 2012 preview of TV, music, books, and uh, films, 43 new films. And I just opened up the book on a random page, and it was on a section that said, 11 shows we can't wait for. And the first show, I guess it's summer 2012, The Return of Dallas. And it's a picture of Larry Hagman, and he's got he's got the cowboy hat on and he's got he's got his blazer and he's got like and he's got his. his <laughs> and like I just started chuckling, but I can't lie. I want to watch this show. I do. I really, really do. I
0: oh, I'm going to watch the pilot. I'm not lying. Yeah, I'm going to watch the pilot. You know, you know people have, have to understand. It's and I, I figure the worst that comes out of it. I get five minutes of material.
2: There you go. I'm I'm seriously looking forward to the return of Dallas as much as I like to see new content being made I really want to see what in the world they're going to try to do with this because Dude, it's been over 20-something years and, and, and then to, to try to bring a show back and reintroduce it to a new generation right. as well as try to pull the, the the old you know the old generation that watched it as Well, it's because it's, it's it's crazy. For them to try to do this it's, it's bold because i really thought if they was going to make a new dallas they were just going to reboot it all together and not to mention the fact that there was a period of time that dallas was actually in development to be a film probably like five or six years ago with an all-star cast i'm t- like they were saying that travolta was going to play gr ewing they're going to have brad pitt jennifer lopez all these people i'm like that would have been a 400 million dollar movie oh and tnt when it comes down to it normally the majority of TAT shows have been pretty good. And that's all I wanted to
0: say. That's all you want to say about that? Yeah, that's all I want to say about that, sir. Okay.
2: I want to uh, close out and uh, congratulate you on um, the success the once again the continued success from Tales from the Attic this Archie episode you did episode 33 um, the Archie and Friends
0: issue um, has went through the roof yes and I want to thank everybody for downloading it and supporting it and uh, retweeting it and I've gotten emails and, and tweets about it and, and I'm just I'm, it, you don't even know how happy it makes me to See that people are really getting into it and and laughing and and having fun and you know
2: you don't you don't know that that episode gets me through has this guy has got, actually has gotten me through a few days at work. <laughs> I'm serious, like I because I keep my iPod with me while I'm working on these computers and like getting these requests and these calls and whatnot and something there there are just days where and those who work IT know you'll just get so frustrated and just so tired of dealing with people at times. But you gotta keep doing it because it's your job. And right. and so I just I just turned on that episode and you know, and you got the Chuck and Nancy, the only black people in Riverdale. And I'm just like laughing my I'm like laughing my ass off. And it's yeah, dude. It's 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 so funny. It's it's hilarious. I love it. And I'm glad you did that because you hadn't done an Archie comic before.
0: No and um, But this one was just so ridiculous I couldn't let it go
2: But see but that's the thing I love it about it so,
0: It was fun though You know what I mean Like it was just so ridiculous
2: And that's the thing about Archie Comics Archie, Archie Comics don't give a damn They will do ridiculous shit right. I mean like they will do ridiculous 80s sitcom shit And not care And people will buy it and love it and eat it up Because they just accept it You know what I mean yeah, yeah. They, it's Archie it's Archie it's comics it's Archie they accept it and that's what and that's what I that's what I like about what Archie's done over like the last four years oh and I did buy speaking of Archie comics I bought like Mega Man issue 9 um, because it's starting this new storyline like the return of Dr. Wiley or something like that that was good comics it was damn I good. I heard comics.
0: that was really good, man.
2: Mega Man, the Mega Man comic is dope as hell. Oh, and also props to the Star Joe's podcast for doing an episode about all Mega Man. Um, props for them to do for doing that because like I've I've seen the Mega Man cartoons. Like I didn't I never had the opportunity to play the original NES games because in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. Mega Man games are, the, the original Mega Man and like Mega Man 2 or whatever on NES was very hard to find. And if you could find it in a store, it was like 60 bucks. And, you know, my, and my mama or my dad would not, was not breaking off $60 for a Nintendo game. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. And if you tried to rent it, um, you know, you go to a video store or whatever store you try to get to to rent it, somebody else would rent it and not bring it back. So right. I never got to play the original Mega Man games. So, you know, so I just, like I said, watched the cartoons, read some of the other books and stuff like that. But this Archie... Mega Man book is off the hook. If you you know if you like adventure, science fiction, if you're a fan of Mega Man, the way the Archie stories are written, you can hop in pretty much at any given time and not be worried. Um, you know, and it's an all ages book, meaning an adult could read it as well as a kid could read it. So read it; it's worth it. I I find that book to be incredible. I think the art is beautiful. The story, you know, the pacing and storytelling is great. All of it. Excuse me. All of it is wonderful. Buy it.
0: Well, like I said, man, you can't find the first issue. Mm-mm. You can't find it anywhere. Same thing with Sonic. You know how much the first issue of Sonic is worth? How Joe? much? A lot. <laughs> a lot more than you think. I,
2: I believe you, man. I believe you. And that's a whole other thing, too, with like a lot of these Archie com, Archie brand comics. Yo, they got some veterans working on those books. Oh, yes, sir. You know, I'm like Joe Staten. Joe Staten, Terry Austin. Yeah, I mean, like people like you know people that like Marvel and DC just you know just like kick to the curb, don't even call no more. Yo, these cats can still work, and they work in these Archie comics and they them everywhere.
0: Good for sure them. Are. What you say? I say they sure are. Yeah, good for, and good for them.
2: Good for them. So props to Archie. Mad props to Archie. Archie. And that concludes this week's PKD Black Box. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the HHWLOD podcast network and is available at HHWLOD.com and is also available via iTunes. And you can still go to PKDmedia.com to get our podcast, check out our forum, and read comics like Mercury and the Murd, Agents of Cult, and Luke Foster's The Gang from the Store for free. If you're on iTunes or our forum board, feel free to leave us a comment, or you can email us at blackbox at PKDmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. Until then... Dream big and hustle hard.
0: today, I went and bought a bike, right? I ain't ridden a bike in 22 fucking years, dude. At least. Holy shit, man. I left. I went, listen to me, five blocks and I started going uphill <laughs> and my legs were all tension <laughs> and I can't, I didn't read the instruction manual on the bike either, so I didn't get the gears right. Oh, come on, man. So, like, so like, I'm trying to pedal up this hill <laughs> And the bike's not moving, but my legs are going all fast, but the bike's still because I got it in the wrong gear. So the shit's all zzz, 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 right. I said, fuck this. I got off this motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm walking it up the hill. 38 year old man walking a bicycle <laughs> up the hill. Thighs screaming. Mm. Screaming, right? Right. So then I get around <laughs> by my house. And my wife was getting ready to leave for an appointment. She said, oh, you're back already? And uh, let me tell you something, dude. I want to walk on the bike up the hill again to my house. (laughs) Okay. And she's like, you're back already? I couldn't breathe. I thought I was dying. And she's so good, though. She's like, wow, you haven't ridden a bike in a long time. And (laughs) da-da-da-da-da. And I was just like, yeah, but I didn't even really ride a bike now. I just, <laughs> I rode it for a couple of blocks and then I walked it like it was a dog. <laughs> well, but I'm going to stick with it, man. I mean, like I said, I haven't ridden one in a long time. I use a lot of muscles today. That I haven't used in a long time. Yeah, man. You burn a lot of shit when you ride a bicycle, dude. Yeah,
2: yeah yes yes you will. Yes you will.
0: And what I gotta read about them gears too. Yeah, you need to learn about them gears, so you ain't trying to go uphill and That's right. You first know. gear, second gear, Richard gear. I don't give a shit long as it gets me while going.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, you need to uh, get your get yourself together with them gears. Read the instructions.
0: But I uh, I had fun though. I mean I did. So I mean I'm not discouraged. I was kind of discouraged when I found out like I only went like five blocks, you know. It, but
2: it's the beginning, man. You just started. That's right? It, look, man, it's a it's a journey. It's a journey to the to the final destination of bike riding for you. So every time you get on there, you, you're going to go out a little bit further, and you're going to walk it a little bit less every single time. And then it's going to come to the point where you would just be like on that bike. You'll be taking it down the highways. You'll be taking it down the byways, the streets and you my
0: my goal is to take it to Dave Sheehan's house which you go down my hill and then you follow you follow the shore for about I don't know seven eight miles Mm -hmm. and then he lives like right off the shore and my my goal is to get there and back like go to Dave's house chill yeah and then and then uh you know, so I'm gonna try and get like a little bit farther every day.
2: That's cool. Just don't stay out there too late. It'd be like nine o'clock, ten o'clock, like damn, I can't see shit. <laughs> I ain't got no bike light. Or 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 like, you know, reflectors.
0: My shit's like jet black too.
2: Oh see you asking for trouble. You trying to get one of them stealth ninja bikes.
0: I'm like I'm like, hit me, I need the money. <laughs>
2: No, you said you had books that you read. I need to know what. See, because like I don't get to read. So, what have you been reading?
0: Oh, well, you will be soon because the post office. I got this little little bitty like May, Mayberry kind of fucking post office uh-huh. down the street from my house, <laughs> and uh, I went to send send out some some people some books, you know from from uh, you know the TFA contest and shit. Yeah, and that dude was like, we got in here books. I said, yes, sir. He goes, Oh, you gotta send these media mail. <laughs> I said, I do. And he goes, Yeah, that shit. The two envelopes I was gonna send out, right? Mm-hmm. Would have cost me probably about seriously, almost thirty dollars. This dude turns around and goes, Nah, media mail, five fifty. I was like, I love you,
2: media mail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, media mail is great. It takes a while, you know. They, instead of it going in a van or on a plane, it goes on a horse. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it works, man. Seriously, it works. I've sent, I've sent many a things media mail. See, like I love, like the university I work at. They have a post office, and like I'll tell them, like these are books, or I don't even have to tell them, like these books. And before I even open my mouth, this stamp media mail. I'm like, I love y'all. Because if I go to my regular post office and I tell them media mail, they're like, open it up. I'm like, I already got, got it, it sealed.
0: Right. Are these books? Media mail. That's going to be my new shit right there.
2: <laughs> He's going to come in with a shirt that says media mail, man. That's it. And just drop the show on the table and be like, stamp it. And like, and hand them $2. I just mailed 3,000 books for $2. It's going to take two years to get there, but that's all right because they out my house. That's right. So, but no, I'm for real, man. I'm for Thank you. Well, first off, thank you for the books that will arrive via horse. Yes. Um, I, I appreciate that. And if when I'm
0: going we, to bring them down this week, I have to find a box to actually ship them in. <laughs> well, so,
2: cool. well, the Pony Express thanks you. Po- <laughs> <laughs> I'll play with you, dog. No, seriously. That's, that's very thoughtful.
0: I do appreciate Please it. Please send these post haste. <laughs> I was watching Jeopardy with my wife the other day and every time I answered a question right dude I was just like I was like bam give me my money bam <laughs> give me my money <laughs> and I was like just answering all these questions and, <laughs> and I said see that's why they won't let me on this show right I'm too lively for the Jeopardy crowd
2: yeah you gonna act out and they they, gonna ha- they ain't gonna have that they want a sense of professionalism and courtesy
0: you know <laughs> be like who is Andy Garcia, Mr. Drubeck? Suck it, bitch.
2: <laughs> but uh hold on one second. Is there okay, before I close this out, is there anything that you want to say before we close?
0: No, uh, Marvel stop double shipping shit. I dropped a lot of your books, and I ain't looking back either. You know, what, Marvel.
2: you know what right now I'm envisioning you walking down a dusty road with a leather jacket on and like some blue jeans and like the sad music is playing in the background and the tumbleweed
0: just roll past you dun, 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 dun.
2: and you just keep walking and then you turn your head and you
0: look back for a second and there goes the issue of Captain America blowing in the wind mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and there goes the issue of, uh, of Spider-Man just walking by I'll grab that one. I know you will. Well, I can't help that. I'm sorry. I know I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> at least where you're I not. say you can't, do, you know, stop doing this and that and the other thing. But yeah, I can't um, stop buying uh, Spider-Man, well, and least. I can't stop buying the Avengers books. But I dropped everything else like it was it, I dropped it like it was on fire I said well if you're gonna make me spend all this money on these Avenger books that you're double shipping every title and you're gonna make me spend all this money on Spider-Man that's already double shipping but oh what, what, what's this this month you want to give me three issues okay alright sure <laughs> so guess what Punisher got to go both Captain America series got to go oh what's this Winter Soldier it looks like a cool series but I'm not gonna try it because you're shipping number one and number two at the same damn time and i was just like you know what the hell with you man so. that's what i did man i'm telling you right now my marvel my mar i don't really buy a lot of independence and my marvel pile now is smaller than my independence because i usually just get like gi joe angel and faith i don't even think there's anything else after that to be honest with you i mean there might be an issue or two to keep catches my eye that i'll pick up you know but you
2: need to be buying them action
0: lab books son I mean, you know I buy them, man.
2: <laughs> you know I'm fucking with you, man. I'm fucking
0: with you. Uh, I, I had to do that. He's like, well, I don't buy a lot of indie books. I'm like, we starving, man. I don't buy a lot of indie books from you punk-ass people. No, I'm just kidding. Begging for money all the time. You don't hear DC begging for your money. Marvel's just like, you know what? We'll put out 900,000 titles. You just pick what you want because we don't give a fuck. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hold that note. (laughs) Hold over a second.
1: Hey! This is The Dangerous One, Donnie Salvo, former PHW World Heavyweight Champion. And I'm here to talk to you about the future of the wrestling industry. Are you sick and tired of the drama of WWE? The talkie of TNA? Well, let me tell you something. The future of this business is Future Pro Wrestling. FutureProWrestling.com. That's right, where men are men. Settle things in the ring like the old school. Sometimes you got to look back to look forward. And that's where Future Pro Wrestling is excels above the rest and more importantly i'm here to talk to you about future mania baby 3a stafford road wallington surrey in the uk do you know what i'm talking about from 7 to 10 the one-year anniversary show that's saturday may 5th 2012 if the world's gonna end don't let it end without seeing future mania The future of pro wrestling, baby. I have seen the future. The future is here. The future is now. The future is future mania. Go to futureprowrestling.com for more information and looks at the Facebook group and the YouTube page. If you don't believe me, see it for yourself. The future is here. The future is now. The future is future mania.